Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Central Virginia Fishing Report with Ethan Martin at Tellers Fly Shop. How you doing, Ethan? I'm doing all right today. How you doing today? As always, just trying to stay out of trouble, and you know, we were talking before we started recording, you know, I think your rain ends today, and you didn't really get that much rain last weekend, but you sure are feeling the effects of it in Central Virginia. Yeah, I mean, the, our, any of our bigger rivers are pretty much blown out at this point. I know that the James, I like it this morning, was up at like seven and a half foot. Um, and our you know normal fishing flows are going to be between like two on the low end and four on a, on a more average depth. So that, those are all blown out and muddy, um, you know, stumps and trees floating down the river, all the fun stuff. Um, so, yeah, what can you do? That, that's spring. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you can go trout fishing because, I mean, I know a tree floating down the river will certainly put a hole in your waders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, I mean, if somebody's trying to get out this weekend, I, there's always two options. You can go fish the small streams up as high as you can get, and there'll be a lot of water up there, but it's at least, you know, safe. And uh, you can actually catch some of, the, some of the biggest brook trout that I've caught has come out of these high water events because it, it kind of pushes those bigger brook trout um, and when I'm saying bigger brook trout, I mean like a foot long would be a big one. Um, it actually, the higher water will push them out, makes them feel more secure. And so we, we probably really actually needed the rain, um, as annoying as that sounds, because some of our small streams actually were kind of low, which was strange for, for this early. But um, there was a stream that I fished it uh, three times the past month, and it was you know, in the span of two weeks, I was like, this is interesting, just how, how low it had gotten. Um, so, you know, the rain, it's a, it's a bear for the weekends that it all decides to dump at the same time, but we didn't need it. Um, now, the other option I always tell people, because this is one I did, you can always fish a lake. Like, it's still safe. It might be muddy water, but um, I ended up doing that on uh, Monday, or I guess it would have been two days ago. Um fished uh, one of our little local lakes here and we did pretty well um the the bass are kind of priming up for pre-spawn and this is this would be largemouth bass um so they're kind of staging up for pre-spawn so we did all right um and you know even if the water's muddy on a lake it's still safe and largemouth are usually dumb enough to where you can if you can get it in front of them you know and they can feel it they'll eat the thing um so I did you two options still, you know, for getting out. Of course, time flies and whatever else, but um, there's still things to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, folks, if you're fishing those mountain streams up high, you know, as Ethan was saying, that high water is going to push the fish to the edges and super put yep. them on structure. Um, so, you know, remember, you know, water that's kind of close to the edge that you wouldn't normally fish might be holding fish uh, that you wouldn't normally expect to find there. Oh, yeah. It's one of the cool things with the high water because they become a lot more easy to target. Like you might not be able to fish the whole stream as, as effectively as you normally can, um, but you know you'll find those holes or those eddies, and that's where they're going to be. And you can just hike and and look for those spots and find some big ones. Yeah, there you go. And you, we have a smallmouth question for you, Ethan, from Dan, and it's kind of timely because I know we're in pre-spawn. Uh, in central Virginia for smallmouth, but he was trying to get kind of a rough road map for, you know, what divides, you know, pre-spawn from spawn and post-spawn, uh, mainly because he, you know, he's, he knows he shouldn't fish for him during the spawn, but he wants to try to figure out, 
you know, when that post-spawn lockjaw uh, burns off? Yeah, now that's an interesting question um, because for coming from like a conventional bass world, most of those guys don't really care, you know, about the ethics of fishing for spawning fish. In fact, like, you know, the bass tournaments will track wherever the fish are in like a pre-spawn or spawn mode because you can catch bigger fish. Um, but when it comes to like smallmouth, and typically what I tell people is I, I'll fish for them pre-spawn, post-spawn, all that stuff. But like most of the times as, as interesting as it is, like if you see a fish on a spawning bed, I don't usually fish for them as much just because our, our population of smallmouth on the James has not been the healthiest numbers wise, um, the past couple of years. So I, I try to just leave them alone as to when that happens. It all boils down to water temperature. Um, so like when you're looking at bass as a whole and, and I'm more familiar with largemouth, the numbers, cause they, they start spawning between depending on where you're at in, in the United States, between like 50 degrees or even heck 80 degrees in some of the Florida places. So in Virginia, we're at the moderate section of that. So it's going to be like everything 55 and up on the water temperatures between, I would say like 65. So I haven't found like a magic number in Virginia because like I said, we fish largemouth on Monday and the water temps one side of the lake were 55 degrees not a bass to be found other side of the lake where the sun was hitting it the water temperatures were 57 degrees 57 58 degrees and those bass were in like a pre-spawn on the bank warming up sort of mode so you know if there's a water temperature i would be looking at for the spawn it would probably be between like 60 and 63 degrees would be my educated guess for smallmouth but what it's really going to boil down to is you know, looking at the fish and seeing actually if they're spawning because you're not really necessarily going to know at X water temperature they're spawning here. That makes sense. Um, so, like, most of the times they're going to spawn in, in similar style habitat of, like, trout, so pebbled water where they can lay the eggs. Um, so I keep fishing for them until I actively see fish on beds. That I fish from boat most of the time. Um, and then if I see fish that are on beds, I'll just fish a different type of structure where I know I'm not, you know, messing with those fish. That, that's how I do it. Um, if you're wade fishing, like on some of our feeder rivers to the James, you could use the same sort of mentality because you can, you can still see the fish, even if you're just wade fishing, you just got to pay attention. Um, and you know, if you see an active fish that's on a red or on a, on a bed, then you just you know, use your ethics in that scenario as to whether or not you're going to, to cast to it. Cause they are aggressive cause they're, they're in protection mode, um, of their nest. But yeah, in terms of it, like exactly when that happens, you know, it could be May, it could be April. It, it's annoying because it all just boils down to uh, a, a huge load of factors. Um, like how much water do we have going down to James? What are the temperatures? And, and our water temperatures will probably take a little shock tonight or tomorrow night um, because of the, the cooler cold front that's coming in. Um, so there's a lot of different factors. You can't necessarily say like, you know, after April 20th, you know, that's when they're all going to start spawning. Um, that could be like an estimated timeline, April to maybe even into June some years. Um, but for me, it's just, it's all visual. Like when you go out and when you see a fish, that's, 
when you know. And, and sadly, the past couple of years, we get these torrential downpours that happen right as soon as they start spawning and just wipe out the whole class of, of fish, which is what we've had the problem with. Um, it's one of the problems, I think, as to why the James River, you know, the, the fishery hasn't been quite as numbers heavy as it has been in previous years. Um, but you know, there's not much you can do about that. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, obviously they spawn and you won't see them on the beds anymore and they'll be in post-spawn and, you know, sometimes they're in a bit of a funk. How long does it usually take for that kind of post-spawn funk to burn off? Oh gosh, it could be two or three weeks. Um, now, so the thing is like, I still fish for them in that time. I just target different structure of water. So like, cause not every fish is going to spawn. And so for me, like you, it's a, it's weird patterning smallmouth. Like, honestly, I feel like patterning smallmouth is, is more difficult than patterning trout. And maybe it's just cause I've grown up with trout my whole life and it's just become an innate part of, of, you know, what I've studied and what I've like actually read about and everything and seen. Um, but smallmouth, they seem to act far different in terms of like, how they just shut down <laughs> than a trout. And some days that might be because of a, a pre-front or a post-front, or is it a, a, are they just spawned, you know? And I, I sadly don't have all the perfect answers to that, but it's usually like two to three weeks, you get this weird, the fish are just in random places. They're not quite in their summer spots yet, but they're not on beds like what they were um, before. So, yeah, basically... That's a very waffly answer, I know. But <laughs> basically, I guess the answer would be is keep fishing for them. And if you're having problems finding fish, then target smaller water. And if you're targeting targeting smaller water or smaller rivers that hold the smallmouth, eventually you're going to start seeing how the pattern is on that fishery. That um, doesn't always relate to every other smallmouth fishery. Because in Virginia, especially central Virginia, you have a lot of different water types. Um, you have stuff like Stanton that's going to typically stay colder where you also have influx of striper and largemouth walleye all that stuff but then you have differently from that like the Mari which fishes very different from the Stanton which is going to fish very different from the James so that's a lot of the reason why I'm waffling so much on this is because it's hard to just give a black and white answer this is exactly what you need to hear um, because everything depends on where you're fishing at if that makes sense um, and so the most, like what I typically do is after post spawn fishing, um, or when I know that the fish have spawned, then I'll just take small streamers and start hitting the banks and just start working it that way. I mean, it's, it's, uh, and fish structure. I mean, it's nothing too, um, mind boggling. No. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's one of the kind of the keys too is to, like you said, you understand the fish behavior and kind of how they're reacting to temperature and, uh, you know, in increased sunlight as the days are getting longer. And I think probably yeah. the, the real trick is, you know, try to, if you really want to figure it out, try to fish the same river and even the same sections of the river multiple times throughout the season and you'll get a much better idea about what's going on than just kind of shotgunning around and fishing a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And like to prove that point, um, there's one of the lakes that my dad and I fish a lot. We have never fished it like early, early spring. We always end up fishing it in the summer when everything blows out. And so the past like 
know, a month, I guess, every time that my dad and I get a chance to fish, we just keep fishing the same lake because the first time we went, we got skunked. It was annoying. I mean, I, I've never been skunked on that lake before. And I just felt like an idiot because I didn't, I didn't know where fish were. I mean, and so we went there the next time and then we kind of started to get the pattern. We got started to see where the fish were holding, um, what types of structure, what side of the lake they were on, what depths they were at. And then the next time we went, we did even better. So it's just one of those things that you kind of start to compile information internally. And now next year when, you know, we get this early pre-spawn bite, um, if we fish that lake, we're going to have a better understanding of, of where those fish are at. And the reality is, is the longer you stay in the angling game, the, the better you're going to get. And you're just going to intuitively know on your watershed where those fish are. Um, because there's certain, like, I would say even like microstructures so or like small areas where you would never think that fish hold there. You know, like there's no giant log that's telling you this section of the James, you know, there's going to be fish in front of this log. It's just like one little bubble on the floor of the, of the river that fish hold in. And the only way that you find it is one time you're out fishing, you pull a fish out of there. And then the next time you pull a fish out of there again. (laughs) So you just keep going back to that space. And that's not wrong. You know, like that's not, that's not bad. That's a part of fishing. Um, And I, I think for, for a lot of people that come into the shop, like you get this dreamy sense of angling is like, or fishing is like you're going out and everything just works perfect. And you've accumulated, you know, a little bit of knowledge. So you go to a new fishery and you just absolutely obliterate fish. And most of the time, you know, you go to a new fishery and you get like blasted. I mean, you don't, you don't know where the fish are at. You know, it's, it's very rare that I know people that go to like a new place in central Virginia, uh, unless, you know, we're talking bass here, not trout. Um, but that just, you know, have a field day. Most people that have a field day have been fishing on that river or that lake for a, a fair amount of time, you know, maybe a season or two. Um, and they've learned where the fish are holding. Um, so that, that's what I would tell you, you know, when it comes to pre-spawn, uh, post-spawn fishing, it can be a lot of fun. Like pre-spawn, you can, you can catch monster bass. And that, that's one of the reasons we've been fishing lakes so much is just hunting for some of the big females. Um, haven't caught any quite yet but <laughs> that'll be next week anyway <laughs> um, but yeah i mean the main thing is just you just keep hunting and and keep learning the areas that are around you uh, find a home body of water and keep fishing that area and if you're in central virginia like if you live in central virginia i can i can help point you and direct you a little more refined um than just giving you know generic answers that's what I have to say. <laughs> yeah. So in the, at the end of the day, call Ethan. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come into the shop and, and I can help you or try to help you. Yeah. But you got to buy some tippet and leaders. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, so folks, we love questions at the articulate fly. You can email them to us, send them to us on our Facebook, our Instagram page. If we read your question, I'll send you some articulate fly swag and we will enter you into a drawing for something cool from the shop at the end of the season. And, uh, Ethan, why don't you let folks know where they can find you? So if the Easter bunny needs to, uh, come pick up some goodies, they can see you before Sunday. Oh yeah. So we're in downtown Lynchburg, Virginia. So right now we're on Commerce street. Uh, if you can't make it to the shop, then you can always get stuff online. Um, we've got pretty much everything that we have in the store we have online and we have free shipping. Um, so a lot of people like that. 
And, um, yeah, I mean, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all that stuff, we're on all that. Pretty much if you just type in, like, Tail Teller's Fly Shop, we'll, we'll pop up. Um, and, yeah, I'd love to connect. You know, if anybody is, has questions, I, I never mind if people send me Instagram questions or Facebook questions, whatever. Um, I know that it makes people nervous at Fly Shop sometimes, which I think is funny because if when, when people get to know me, they realize I'm just a goober. So it's like, <laughs> that's a goober who likes to fish. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do not mind um, technical questions about, you know, whatever it is, fly to nine or X, Y, or Z. I'm, I'm all ears and, and ready to help where I can. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Tail Teller's Fly Shop. Well, there you go, folks. And, you know, if you get out and fish this weekend, please be careful. And I want to wish everyone a happy Easter. Happy Easter, Ethan. Happy Easter.